0: On this Byron Lazine podcast, I sit down with Kayla Leos from Zoo Delio, who's putting you in the power position to actually be the iBuyer. So if you want listing leads, which I would say is the most important thing for your business right now, you have to listen to this pod. She flips the whole pod around and asks me some deep questions at the end. I hope you enjoy it. I buying is like a a dirty word. Is it? Real, it is. Is it? It okay, is a dirty right. word in real estate. I think my opinion. So I'm not putting words in your mm-hmm. mouth. Is open doors made it a dirty word? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. obviously, we saw the how that played out. Right where they were deceiving mm-hmm. customers, and they were they were. What's awesome about you, Kayla, is you were an agent, and then you decided I'm going to build an i buying business around i buying. And you were the only agent that actually went all in on it for your business, but also as a national-facing business now, which is totally excelled. I want to talk about that. But you saw an opportunity to include the agent in the process from day one. You saw it differently than, and I'm just I'm using Open Door as the example. Right. and maybe Open Door saw it. Why did you see that so early on, and how would you see it?
1: Good question. So I think that iBuying is nothing new, right? We've always had cash offers.
0: I agree with that, right? and it's, so, a, it's a new word.
1: Exactly, and yeah. it's it's a new, I guess technology has changed the way it can happen. So we can now go on a website and enter our address and upload some photos and get some cash offers. So what we saw was we saw a way for real estate agents to be able to provide these solutions to sellers and also be the fiduciary. As you mentioned, yeah. Opendoor got in some trouble, there was a sixty-two million dollar fine. I think you probably talked about it on your definitely. reels. I've, t- I've um, talked about it. It's juicy. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely juicy. And and I think you know that's just the fine. I think the class action lawsuits are coming. Yeah. Well, time will tell. But probably, uh, the reality is it's a drop in the bucket, and Open Door yeah. can weather this hundred percent. Right. Oh, absolutely. There's, they will. And yeah, they, they'll, they'll they totally will. They'll still
0: technically be the leader of that niche, in my opinion, because of how much capital they have.
1: I agree. If you look at the category king, it's definitely Open Door. Yeah. This partnership with Zillow, I think, kind of solidifies that. Yeah, and and that's another thing too. Like nobody's really talking about Open Door and Zillow partnering, but yeah. I think they should be. I think like, I've
0: been talking about it.
1: Good, good. Of Continue to mean, talk about it.
0: Yeah, I, I mean. Well, what's your take on it?
1: So my take on it is, it's going to make uh, something like a zudelio that much more popular for real estate agents. So essentially, what we're wanting to do is empower the real estate agent with the technology and with the cash offers. So a lot of real estate agents are like, "Oh, I'd, I'd love to be able to give my sellers cash offers, but where am I going to get them? And I don't have the money to make these offers to these sellers. And so what we do is we connect agents not only with the technology, but with the money so mm-hmm. they can actually empower their home sellers with different offers and options.
0: Is the agent allowed to make an offer themselves? They can, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. It's very so if flexible. They're out there buying deals, trying to make investments for themselves, see an opportunity where the seller wants that convenience mm-hmm. and sure. they've got the capital, whether it's their own capital or a hard money loan. Maybe their lender has a hard money option for them. Maybe they're right. partnering with their team and then go scoop that property up.
1: For sure. In fact, that's one of the things that I coach on is, hey, let me show you how to do what I do. Like mm-hmm. I own properties all over the US right now. And let me teach you how you can do the exact same thing. Let me teach you how you can get into a really risk adverse situation when you're buying the property so that you can get a hard money lender to give you that money where you don't have to come up with 10, 15% down. So we definitely teach on those strategies as well. It's part of the model, uh, not the entirety of it.
0: And in, could an agent more times than not, beat the other offers available if they're doing it themselves or... Is it going to be pretty competitive probably most of the time yeah. you factor and depending on the interest rate of the hard money and all that?
1: Right, right. So I think it really depends. It depends on the market. It depends on the property. So when I think of institutional money at play in our market, what I'm really looking at is all of the institutional money that's buying up single family homes. Yeah. So a lot of agents don't really know what's happening, but there is a massive push. Right now, there are about 16 million rentals that are owned by mom and pops around the U.S. The institutional capital only owns about half a million of those, right? So their percentage of that market share is relatively low. But what they're doing is in certain markets, Florida, Georgia, Texas, um, the Carolinas, you know, Phoenix, uh, Colorado. What they're doing is is they're going in and they're buying up a, a ton of properties, probably like under that five hundred thousand dollar price point, right? Yeah. And they're putting. I was just
0: talking about this, Glenda, this morning. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they're they're turning them into a buy and hold situation. And so if you're competing against a buy and hold investor, they're making excellent offers. Yeah, the market slowdown has kind of put a little damper. They've slowed down a bit. They're trying to gain their footing, see where the rates are going to fall, see what's going to happen with the market. But what we know is, is they're going to be back. It's it's an entire asset class that the capital markets have only recently, like within the past decade, kind of like started to play in.
0: And oh, by the way, all those that institutional money, all those investors that have been scooping up these single family homes, everyone's like, well, they're just going to sell them at the top of the market. Has it happened?
1: It has not. Have no. you seen any inventory? They're buying more.
0: Right. Because they're rents. buying slower, but they're buying more.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: th- this rush to the market that is going to now create this inventory storm hasn't happened. Why? Where else are you going to put your money if you're one of these big institutions? Like this is a predictable asset class. And oh, by the way, rents keep going through the roof.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And if you believe that homeownership is going to, you know, I always ask people like, well, I Curious, what you think? Do you believe the homeownership rate will increase or decrease over time?
0: I think, unfortunately, we're already seeing the trend of it decreasing. That's right. So, I w- would, you know, root for it to increase. 100. Me I don't too. see how that's possible with the affordable, you know, affordability issues that we have in this country. You can't get an affordable home in most well-populated markets. It's just impossible, mm-hmm. especially if you want new it's why resale keeps going up the the price of a resale home continues mm-hmm. to go up because the price of a new construction home if you want a well built one in a great location you're over half a million i've i've had comments online where it's like well byron in my market you can get one for three fifty. <laughs> yeah. I mean-
1: In suburbia, in some outskirts of some-
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's not in the premier location. I like buying real estate in premier locations. Mm-hmm. I prefer to buy in a location I know for a fact in 10 years is going to be just as desirable or more desirable than it is today. And so I just don't see many opportunities across. It's And it's hard for the builders. They're dealing with these permitting regulations all you know the town regulations whatever those are the uncertainty of the cost of materials labor is very expensive they or they can't get the labor mm-hmm. so builders are decentralized to take big risk and build more property build more affordable homes because right. they absolutely can't do it
1: that's right yeah we don't necessarily have a shortage of new construction we have a shortage of affordable new construction yeah. that's kind of my take on it too i agree
0: no it, i i mean So I think to your point, home ownership will go down, which unfortunately makes this, the people that have bought the last couple of years, you're, you're a winner, Mm -hmm. right? But it makes this, I don't want to say it and sound like a real estate agent, but this is a time where you should be buying even more real estate because if that's going to be the case in the future, you owning as much real estate as you can right now puts you in a power position, you know, become a, you know. Have somebody else pay down some. some 100%. Debt for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, if you buy the right properties in the right markets and you get about a dozen of them, you can package them off and sell them to a fund at a very nice premium. Yeah. So that's one strategy, right? So I think real estate agents definitely should be looking at this as an investment vehicle. Too many of us don't. We're so focused on the deals and getting more listings, getting more escrows. Um, but yeah actually acquiring property 100% good move and if homeownership rate continues to decrease who's going to fill that gap I believe it's going to be the institutional money right so they're coming in and they're really figuring it out and you know you talk about new construction one of the other pushes kind of in the institutional world is the build for rent so maybe you've seen the neighborhoods that pop up and they're like yes. smaller right yes a little smaller community and they're all being built for rent big communities yeah. too I've
0: seen a couple in Florida that are pretty big
1: yeah yeah so it's it's really fascinating. It's exciting to be a part of it. I think that a lot of real estate agents are, are still kind of like it's all a big unknown to them. Um, but the cool thing is is we provide them a way to work with this capital. Um, most of the time these funds aren't going to work with a bunch of residential real estate agents. They're just yeah. not.
0: Or they're gonna or they're gonna work with like one, three yeah. mega teams in a market like right. Phoenix, in a market like maybe Atlanta, right? They're gonna pick a couple spots, partner with one big mega operation yes. and that's it.
1: Yep, that's what we see for sure. So this gives agents a way to kind of access their buying power.
0: Because you've got the what what you've done is you've got the relationship to the capital mm-hmm. and you're like, we've got the relationship with the agent on the other side, and we can match you up in this market. Maybe it's a Chattanooga, Tennessee, right? Maybe it's a mm-hmm. smaller market where they don't have the resources or the time, you've now connected them with an opportunity to be able to go out and get deals.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it's Ah, really
0: cool. And so what's the, if you're an agent right now, and Mm -hmm. it's like, well, what's in it for me? Like, it should be obvious, but what's in it for the agent?
1: So I think what's in it for the agent is not only did they get to lead generate with a really amazing hook, sellers want a cash offer, right? Sellers aren't really seeking out CMAs, right? They're not looking for evaluation on their home. And I think that's one of the wins. It also gives them a cool technology, makes them look like a leader in their marketplace. And then, of course, if the seller should accept one of these cash offers, the agent always makes a commission.
0: Yeah. And they're getting a whole bunch of other leads that maybe don't want this cash offer because let's face it. Oftentimes when a seller sees a cash offer and then sees the value that you provide on as an agent as an alternative, they want the alternative because it equals more money in their pocket. Right. Not every single seller, when we've seen this play out, when Brad predicted that 50% of transactions were going to be i buyers, I immediately said, BS, right, Brad, right. you are going to be it's, dead wrong on aggressive. this. When Brad Edmund made that prediction, I just knew that was such an awful prediction. It's going to be what it is. To your point, this has always been going on. It's been those black and yellow signs on telephone poles, we buy houses. Right. And those have been local investors, sometimes flippers, that are looking for deals, that are looking for off-market transactions most of the time. This has grown the market. I've never believed, though, that Open Door was a market maker. I feel like this market has been there. Technology has expanded it. And there's opportunities to, just like there was when um, Facebook ads in the beginning where it's like, you know, free valuation, just click two seconds. You get the value of your, oh, you know, right. You would get a hundred leads. Right now you can get hundreds of leads doing this. But the difference to your point is for the people that do need the convenience, I need to sell a house in the next 45 days for whatever reason, you're giving them that instant convenience because it can be way less than 45 days.
1: Absolutely. And you're
0: solving a real problem.
1: Absolutely. Right. And I always say like most households are addicted to like wine and Amazon Prime. (laughs) Right. And so everybody loves their Amazon Prime. It's not going to go away. And so if you're giving your clients this Amazon Prime button to get a cash offer, take that easy exit, uh, why wouldn't you want that option in your business?
0: Do you feel overwhelmed and too busy building your real estate business right now to do things you know you should be doing, like posting on social media, doing clips like we're doing on Broke Agent Media? these short little reels and TikToks every single day to keep up with the content machine that you need to be keeping up with or maybe it's the transactions that are wasting all your time so you're not actually lead generating and doing the income producing activities that you know are going to help you make the most amount of money in the investments that you want into your future this is why I have used virtual assistants and use them today with VirtuDesk to help scale both of my companies. See, I wouldn't be able to make all of these clips and do all of these other things I'm doing without the help of somebody taking off these non-income producing activities that need to get done to be of great service to our clients. So at least have the conversation. Click the link, have the conversation with VirtuDesk. In fact, you can just start interviewing people without really any commitment at all so at least start interviewing seeing if there's somebody that is a fit for you your values your team that can add and take away all of the things that you're doing right now have the conversation today you will not regret it how big because you're in it deep i mean you you all in you that's went, what you said you, yeah, yeah we did. you we went, went all in. in how big do you think this slice of the pie can get Eye buying
1: well, clearly large because we did go all in on it, right? And it was no easy feat to get to where we've, we've come. Uh, I think that, you know, I see double digits for market share already for iBuyers in many, many markets. Mm-hmm. And I think that we'll continue to see that grow. Like a Phoenix right now, you might be at about 11% iBuyer market share. I could easily see that going up to 20.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and I could see other markets, even the non-homogenous markets growing in iBuyer market share, you know, pushing the threshold of double digits. So maybe eight, nine in the markets that aren't are not homogenous, but the markets where they're homogenous and where these institutional capital buyers are are playing in, it's gonna be well above well above double digits. Yeah.
0: But when you when you're saying double digits, mm-hmm. the range you just gave me was ten to twenty. Mm-hmm. You don't see a one out of two sales going this route in the future, or do you?
1: It, well, do it do you think
0: that Brad could be right someday?
1: So the interesting part is in what Brad talks about, and and I think what you know, Eric, we used to talk about at Open Door is the unit economics of it all. And I think that if you look at the model from the perspective of if an Open Door can, you know, if they can make the cash offer on the home, and they can also do the title company, and if they can get the mortgage for the seller who's now buying their next home, and and maybe they can use their Open Door. Experience exclusive platform to keep it all in-house and they can like cut out the buyer's agent commission, right? Like you can see a world where the unit economics really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you do that at scale.
0: But that's where people right now are like in the comments right now. They're in the comments. When I love you just it. Said, Bring it on. When you just said the buyer agent commission getting cut out. Yeah. That's where people are going to get frazzled up.
1: And they should. That's why we exist. Yeah. Right? Because we're like, this is BS. Like we can do the same thing. We can, we can give a cool technology. We can give you an instant sale. And oh, by the way, we can be the, the fiduciary on your side, right? A
0: great buyer agent still, a great buyer agent. And I would say you could cut out some buyer agents. There's oh, yeah. some there's, that could get cut out. There's so a like, few in our market that could go. Yeah. And I think everybody, don't put their name in the comments, but is there one in your market <laughs> that maybe uh, the, the whole industry could do without, right? But the really good buyer agents are going to keep a transaction together, are going to bring, you know, more opportunities to that buyer than they would have known about just off of, mm-hmm. you know, Zillow or Redfin listings. I agree. Now, I've been saying it for a long time. I do think that the com- commission compression around the buy side, we've already seen it happen and there's still some more to go, and this has been a five-year theme like that I've been kicking on it's pretty obvious that it's happened meaning okay if you're a ZPA you know so premier mm-hmm. you have definitely seen commission compression mm-hmm. on the buy side right. right uh if you if you're buying online leads from RDC you've seen commission compression mm-hmm. on the buy side those are forms of it i mean if you work old school relocation that's, yeah, that's a classic right. example of commission compression right mm-hmm. now I get it, you gotta invest in those opportunities to meet a potential lifetime customer. Like if someone's gonna take a big referral fee, cool. Uh, I've now got a lifetime potential customer though that they can refer me and I can meet somebody through them. We can have a party, all this kind of stuff. But there's no doubt about it that iBuying will continue to compress buyer side commission. I think I think you agree.
1: Yeah, it, and it's gonna be interesting too because they've definitely uh, you know, I, I think Redfin did a study a few months ago and they said that uh commission compression is it's a thing, right? We're yeah. paying on average, I think, two point seven four percent on a buyer agent commission and, and that's lower. But I think that the what's not talked about enough is that the Meaning prices who's of two point seven
0: four
1: whoever's paying the The average industry is what Redfin said?
0: Okay, so I didn't see that.
1: Yeah, so they said that, you know, buyers, buyers, agents are getting on average of 2.74% commission. And it worked out to be uh, in in home prices now about $12,000. Whereas, you know, years ago, the average commission may have been higher, but due to the price appreciation that we've had, you know, the commission a few years ago would have been like 9,000. So commission rates are going down, but our home prices have skyrocketed. So, yes. I feel like it's only half the story. It's true. I talk about that a lot because I'm like, yeah, commission, compression. I'm like, okay, but we've had like 40% HPA over the past two years. So,
0: and that's where you're going to really get your, you know, especially if you go up in a price range at any point, you go into a new market where the homes, you know, are more valuable, you just given yourself a raise.
1: Uh, absolutely. Yeah. But with the iBuyer, Absolutely is driving down the commission that they're offering to the buyer broker, right? Yep. Like Open Door, I think is doing like two and a half percent, or maybe even a little bit less. I don't know. Is like Open them. Door
0: going to become more agent friendly now that they're partnered with Zillow, who does have great partners across the country?
1: Sure, that's going to be really interesting to see play out. And from my perspective, Open Door has been really agent friendly. Like they they want to work with the agent. Yeah. Except, you know, I have agents tell me all the time, I would dare not key in my seller's address on their site because I know that my seller will be remarketed like crazy. Crazy. and after 30 days open door has the right to go after them so I think agents are a little bit paranoid as to what happens when they do solicit offers from open door
0: you think open door's been agent friendly uh, I'm, so I'm gonna totally disagree with you just based off of the marketing that they've put out hmm. to, Directly say you don't need an agent anymore, and the CEO mm-hmm. Eric has said it himself. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I'd love to chat with Eric about it and go deep. At yeah, any I'd, lo- point. I'd
1: love for you to. to I would absolutely him. love to, yeah. and
0: I w- I'd be super respectful, obviously. But I've been very vocal that you know, since the day they started, they've been out in front of saying why use an agent. And sure. Yeah. Uh, And now there is validity to some of the concerns. Mm
1: -hmm. With the FTC? Yeah, Mm -hmm. with the settlement. So I think that just from our perspective, because we have worked a lot with Open Door. And so I I do know that they've always been really fair when you bring them an opportunity and they've never tried to like cut anyone out of a deal that I've known of. And so I think as far as like relations, they've been been well in that front. Some of their marketing, I get it, like definitely.
0: Yeah, marketing's marketing. Yeah. So I guess the point about the marketing is, That tends to be a core belief, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so... Should be. Yeah. I mean, it it, it is a core belief, I think, for for that company. But And listen, if you're an agent, it's all part of the issue you're trying to solve in your business right now, which is, how do I dominate listings? This product can help you have a new listing lead pillar, right? Absolutely. Because I still think of... Even if it's 20%, that means 80% of people looking at this opportunity are going... With it, some type of traditional offering, and if you've got the best offering in your market, staging, you know what, you know your marketing campaign, white glove service, the moving process that you're giving, they're likely going to go with that because sometimes people just need more time, and it's all about top, 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 top dollar.
1: Right, most of the time it is for sure. Yeah, so you asked, uh, you know, how I think it's going to play out with Zillow an open door. And that's the, that's going to be. Yeah, let's go back to that because I feel like not enough of us are talking about this and it's kind of too soon to tell how they're going to structure that partnership and what's going to happen. I mean, part of me thinks that they're going to pull in their Flex agent and the flex agent will will likely be the one presenting the open door yeah. offer and being like, hey, you like this offer or do you want to list with me? So I guess in that regards, it could be a good thing uh, for, for the home seller because they have a fiduciary on their side presenting the open door offer and then looking at that full market, you know, let's list your home, give you all of those great services and get you top dollar.
0: When you put it like that, when you have the agent who is like, you know, th- this is your maybe biggest asset, likely your biggest asset. Let's break down four or five sales scenarios for you, Mrs. Seller. This is what they look like. He, and this this is the date on the calendar you can close over here and how much money you can net. Mm-hmm. This is the date on the calendar you can likely close over here and how much more money you can net as a put, right? And you just lay it out for them. And it's their life. It's their choice. It's their decision. It's their money. It's their dirt. It's their house. They may The best decision that fits their needs but you're being you're not being a salesperson you're being an expert there Mm -hmm. you're being the educator
1: right it really changes the conversation
0: it does Mm -hmm. all right so what what else is going on in your world i I went so crazy on the eye buying but what else are you seeing right now shifting market besides this because this is just one lead pillar for agents, what else should agents be doing right now to protect their business in a shifting market?
1: I think they should be doing what you're doing. And they should be a media company first. They yeah. should be mass producing content. I love your content. I love your Thank reels. You. I love how you guys are um, captioning them and how the you know the color changes on the words. And in fact, I tell our videographer, Curtis, I'm like, hey, you got to watch this guy so we can like copy what he's doing. But agents should be going all in on being their local expert, right? Because that's the way they can build intimacy with their audience and And of course, people will start to know them, like them, trust them. And when they have a real estate need, use them.
0: And institutional money, I promise you, especially if you're, you know, in the majority of America, institutional money has no interest in becoming the media mayor of that town. None. So you have a huge opportunity just by doing that, Mm -hmm. by being everywhere in your town, putting out the right type of content that speaks to that local Mm -hmm. resident, and then physically being there oh by the way to really connect the dots like like we've had a bunch of conversations online and now like we're here in person and and it's just a better experience when you're actually in person creating that deeper yes. connection.
1: Yes, when you can actually like talk to somebody and and get yeah. a hold of somebody. You know, if you look at a lot of the online complaints for like OfferPad and Open Door and even some of the buried ones, the main complaint is I could never like get a hold of a real person. Like I could never like have this, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that when it comes to selling your home and buying a home or building an investment portfolio, you know, they need intimacy. Yeah. Right? The consumer wants a little bit of that intimacy. And so if you can build that online and then transfer it,
0: What's the, the interface for an agent like working with you guys? It's like if an agent's listening right now, like, hey, I, I want to get some deals and I want to be able to provide this. How do they like work with you? What what What's the communication like with you guys?
1: Yeah. So an agent would sign up to be a member of Zoodilio. We do charge like a monthly fee. Yeah. And their, their site would be just spun up in, in seconds as soon as they finish completing their details.
0: So they've got the site. Are they running PPC against it? Are you guys? How's that work?
1: Great question. So right now we we are not running PPC for agents, right? So yeah. they would get it. We always say deployed against can. Yeah. They can do whatever yeah. they want. Like we have we have agents that have like six figure ad spends that they're billboards everywhere. Right. And yeah. So we've got like everything from like that to the agent that just keeps it for when they have a listing and they want to be able to lead with cash offers, right. right? So everything in between.
0: And they can pick the domain, they can go buy a domain and redirect it, obviously, to that yeah. link. So like Buy homes.com Exactly. Right? Boom. Get it right. out there and get it on every single billboard. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you're giving them the flexibility in their business and basically backing them with the cash.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, we yeah. love it. But I want to ask you though, because yeah, yeah. you just asked me and you know, I shared reels. Obviously, I'm big on cash offers. What do you think agents should be doing?
0: Right now? Mm-hmm. I I think they should be figuring out how to have 10 plus of these types of pillars. So if it's a Zudelia, great. You know, that's a lead pillar to get you some more listing opportunities. What are the other 9? Of course, I'm a big believer in putting out as much content in your local market, right? That's going to be one obvious that's going to be a pillar that's like on to itself. You it's it's mandatory to actually run a business at scale in this environment. And certainly over the next five, 10 years, like these, you know, TikTok is not going away. It's going to become (laughs) even more powerful for for your business. And that's why short form right now is the number one thing you should be doing. It's why I'm doing so much long form to cut up for short form. But what do those other eight or nine pillars look like? What's working in your market? I'd argue if you're in a market less than $500,000, don't invest in direct mail because you're not going to get the return. It's a it's a the, the math doesn't work out on. $300,000 homes for direct mail, unless you're in the top half a percent of cracking the code on direct mail that converts. If you're in the luxury, I would go ahead and spend on direct mail. Josh Rubin, as an example in Manhattan, crushes it on direct mail. He has a six-figure spend per month, but he's selling $20 million apartments. Okay. So it makes a lot of sense there. If So direct whatever it is in your market, you've got to figure out how you're going to you know, brick by brick, pillar by pillar, add these other listing pillars. Having Zillow and the team I own in Connecticut, we're a Zillow flex partner. We're grateful for it. We're an RDC partner, right? Like we have all these partnerships. We're 60% on the buy side, 40% on the list side. We need to flip that. It needs to be at least 6040 the other way without giving up deals on the buy side. Mm-hmm. So everything right now, it's like, how can we build out more listing lead pillars? So I'm gonna be si- I'm gonna be signed up for you guys. Zude- Zudelia, <laughs> right? I'm gonna be getting the, we love the CT team on the juice, <laughs> right? Because we need more of those opportunities call center, right? Being thinking about investing in income producing employees, not a um a luxury, additional administrator that can, you know, like do, you know, gifting or something like that. Not that gift. You can automate the gifting. Is my point. It's not that that's not important to take care of past clients. But right now, as the market's shifting, get income-producing employees: a call center, mm-hmm. a recruiter. You know, these type of employees that can elevate you and bring you to scale heading into 2023.
1: I like it. Yeah.
0: So I threw a lot of crap yeah, out there. But, it, a but it's lot. It's like the big takeaway is listings. You got to own them, right? I
1: agree.
0: You got to focus on income producing activities, whether it's you yourself or where you're investing and hiring. So get rid of the luxuries. Don't just be, if you're 70%, 60%, 80% on the buy side, you need to start chipping away at that without giving up that business. You need to be adding over here. So, I like it. Yeah.
1: Well, I also had another question for you. Actually, we were talking about this on the Uber over here. We're like, you have interviewed a lot of people. Yeah. Who's been your favorite?
0: Oh, Bob, Bobby's <laughs> looking at
1: me. Or My, like, Our what producer. Is it? <laughs> uh, We've had some all-stars. I'll tell you
0: what, like usually, you know, When I got the opportunity to go to Spencer Raskoff's house in Brentwood and interview him, I mean, I was I built that up for like two weeks. Like once we found out we were gonna be able to do it. And and that was crazy. That was insane. Like that that was such a huge opportunity to be able to spend that type of time with I
1: I got him to engage with me on Instagram and I was like all excited about it. I'm like, oh my god, Spencer Raskoff replied to me.
0: (laughs) So, So that was a that was a big deal and I was super appreciative of that opportunity. I really, this year, I'll just focus on like this year of podcast, somebody who I didn't know, Tom Toll set this podcast up, never met him and knew he was the CEO of Remax, but Nick Bailey mm. is so impressive of a CEO. I feel like his name over the next 20 years in real estate is going to become such a dominant force. The way he thinks about the industry, um, the way he knows what his target market for Remax is, He, he, he understands it to a T. He's not trying to chase any other model. He knows who they are. He's been an agent like yourself. He's a highly talented executive that I think people are sleeping on People are sleeping on Remax, you know, and I I just think he's got some real operational chops. So that was that was very impressive. Um, getting to know him, um, I want to add some other ones. I do. We mentioned Sean Black. We were talking about Sean Black before the yeah. pod. I really enjoyed.
1: Yeah, he's he's out with a Sean. smart dude.
0: He's very smart. Um, I mean, we were chatting a little bit about you know he's he's flipped on. His stance on, mm-hmm. on the agent. I, and we brought it up in the in the pod a little bit. And and I love the way he's thinking about it. I mean, he he meant he just bought a house in the last couple of years. He's like, I would never not use an agent.
1: After right. going through it recently, he's like, Oh yeah. yeah, we need them.
0: We need agents. And and you know, so
1: um
0: some of the best pods. I always enjoy talking to Glenda because the clips go absolutely nuclear (laughs) uh we just had an instagram reel that went over a million and so wow that was that was crazy so but i love i love the reason i love doing this is because i get to hang out with so many cool people like you and i would have spent an hour together anyways like why not document that and then we get to chop it up we've got the best bam has the best clips team in the freaking country by far we spit out clips so fast
1: yeah, and, you guys uh, are good. Yeah, it's just fun. Okay, so we had another question for you.
0: Yeah. Oh this is total here know, on right? the total flipper room. I know, right?
1: I'm sorry. I have Who's to Whose idea
0: was this? All right. All <laughs> everybody's everybody's pointing at everybody.
1: So we want to know what your process is for booking people on your podcast.
0: Okay. So usually like with uh those names I just mentioned. Yeah, with it, like the big it, names. That's, the that's bigger usually ones. a connection, you know, in between, right? Mm-hmm. So Um, somebody that knows them, Mm -hmm. right? Like I mentioned, Tom uh, had the connection with Nick because he is he owns a Remax franchise. So yeah, that makes sense. So that that was an easy in there. Um, but yeah, if somebody knows somebody, then there's a lot of serendipity to it. So the same conference that, uh, which was the T360 that I got to interview Nick Bailey, I'm out at the uh, just the cocktail hour and I see Sean and I know who he is because. I'm a real estate nerd, so I'm starting the yes, industry. Some people, too. Sean Black might walk into the room and, you know, half of the, you know, people there might not know who he right, is, but, they I, wouldn't. you know, out of T360, it's all kind of nerds. So everybody's going to know. But, you know, if he just walk, he could walk around at Inman, half the people wouldn't know who he is, right? I knew who he was. I go right up to him, Sean, hey, uh, this is what we're doing. Broke agent media. He's like, ah, I don't really do a lot of podcasts. I said, just look us up. Look up broke agent media. Look up the broke agent. Love to have you on the pod tomorrow. So got him to give me a cell. right? We texted back and forth. He had took the time to do the diligence. And then he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll be on it. Gave Bobby such a great compliment. He's like, this was the, cause after he saw the clips and he was like, he's like best pod I've ever been on. So that That's was awesome. like, in terms of the production and everything, maybe, or maybe he meant the interview questions, Bobby.
1: We'll yeah. never know. Well, no, he, <laughs> he meant the, pr- <laughs> he, no way to find that
0: out. He, he meant the production. Um, So it's a lot of that. And then just DMing, you know, and. So a variety of different ways, but it's just, just like going out and getting a listing, right? Like you got to hit it from all angles. Yes. When I was a listing agent, if I had an angle where I know that we have some mutual friend, I'm not just following up with the seller. I'm following up with the mutual friend. I'm hitting every every single angle. If I, if I know that they dine at a particular restaurant, I'm going to the restaurant. I'm asking the manager, hey, do, do you know Mrs. Smith? Because I'd really like to know her on a better level. I went to the house. She's uncertain. She's thinking about selling it. Like- what can you say to help me out here? You're right? relentless. J- you got to hit it up from every yeah. single angle. And so it's the same thing. And when I started recruiting, DJ, do you know DJ and Lindsay from uh, Jacksonville? I don't. They're You should connect with them here uh, this week. DJ De La-, De La Sella and Lindsay. they've got a number of teams Jacksonville. They did a billion last year. Wow. One of like maybe seven teams, I think, Wow. in the country that did over a billion. And when we started really recruiting with the team, in connecticut dj's like why are you overthinking this treat did you ever get a lot of listings yeah you just have a lot of listings treat it like listings right and so it's been a really good analogy for me with everything right that relentless follow-up of mm-hmm. trying to get more sellers really what you got to do with everything else
1: that's awesome yeah so it's been really fun like watching you grow and get all these like really big names in real estate. And I think from like when looking, they might just be like, oh, how does he like know all these people? How does this, all this happen? But I know the truth. The truth is, is you're working your ass off behind the scenes, right? That's right. To make it happen. So yeah, mad respect.
0: I uh, When I got into real estate 10 years ago, I was bankrupt. So I know, you've told I,
1: the story. It's It's fascinating. I didn't
0: just have like a whole bunch of sellers like, Coming up to me and saying, like, oh, this bankrupt guy, that's who we want to list our house with. Like, you got to knock on the doors. <laughs> that's right? not your
1: value proposition.
0: That's, it was actually.
1: <laughs> was it really? Yeah. yeah. I, well, that
0: was, my, that was my unique selling proposition when I started <laughs> as an agent. I went bankrupt during the mortgage crisis in real estate. And now I got into real estate sales to help you avoid those mistakes that mm-hmm. I made. Well, right? that's a good spin. It was, a, it was a, yeah. just, a, it was so much more unique than I got into real estate because I love homes how often have you heard that?
1: Every single real estate agent. So
0: if you're interviewing four agents, three of them say, well, why'd you get... Like if you're a seller, right, that's a question you might want to mm-hmm. ask. Mm-hmm. Why'd you get into real estate? Mm-hmm. How'd you get in? Right? Like instead of just like the, will I be on the MLS? Yeah. <laughs>
1: right?
0: Like that's a question some sellers <laughs> ask actually. So... That might be a good marketing tool to provide sellers a list of questions that they should be asking on an interview. Right. Right.
1: Putting that out there. All
0: right. um, What should agents... Where can... Is it every state that agents can connect with you guys?
1: Pretty much. We're not in Hawaii, Alaska, and um, Rhode Island. Rhode Island? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's
0: a small little state. Yeah. It's tiny. Sorry, Rhode Island peeps.
1: Sorry. Uh, You know I
0: love you guys. Not yet. Uh, but you're in Connecticut. Sounds like we are. All right, I might have to hit you up. Yeah. I'm gonna hit you guys. We
1: up. love zoodelio.com.
0: zoodelio.com. You should get a BAM affiliate link going for that.
1: All right. Yeah, let's do it. Can we do that? Uh, yeah, we All absolutely right. can
0: We're doing a BAM affiliate link. It's in the show notes by the time this goes up. I hope No, I just really appreciate you and I've I'm, you know, we've been connected online. I've been watching your journey You're very impressive. You're going to be a powerhouse in this industry. You already are. Thank you. And uh, just wishing you the best. You too, man. Thanks for coming on.
1: You're welcome.